Well, your club is different from our club. All right. Thank you for that warning, brother. Appreciate that. You're going to have to edit this tape. Stand with me, everybody. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful time that you have given us to come together, Lord, and fellowship, Lord, and to lift up your name and feast upon your precious word. God, we ask, Lord, that you would just use me as a mouthpiece right now, Lord, for the Holy Ghost, and I pray that you would give us the spiritual ears that we need to hear your voice in this word tonight. Lord, give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us and give us the godly wisdom that we need to walk in that path. And we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. All right. You can be seated. All right, we're going to pick up where we left off, and we're part four in this. This is coming into the congregation. This is part four. We've been talking about the the prime part of the message. Please change that, brother. Poor little chicken, whatever he was. The prime, the prime part of the message, amen, has been, uh, has been that you don't just come into this congregation any kind of way. You don't come into the house of God or into the congregation of God any kind of way. It's not everybody's welcome and everybody's welcome to just come in any kind of way they are. No, it's like anything else. And as we were talking about this morning that, you know, you, you wouldn't expect, no one on earth expects to come to a job working for somebody, which, by the way, is what this is as well, or you don't join the military and bring your own agenda. You don't start a job at some new place and bring your own agenda. You come willing to uh, uh, give up your will and your way for the will and the way of those that you're, are hiring you or those that are uh, uh, giving you a shot at the at the uh, uh, position in the military. So we were talking about it this morning. Amen. The help wanted, then you fill out an application resume. You don't just enter in any way. Amen. Sometimes you even have uniforms that you are to wear. Amen. You have to look a certain way, act a certain way. There's, a, there's procedures and things that you must follow, and that's what we were looking at. Amen. And then you go into orientation, which is them telling you, uh, and, and showing you the rules and regulations of the company, how you are to act, how you are to conduct yourself, the principles and the rules of the company, amen, how, you, uh, how that they go about doing things. They have a certain specific way of doing things, and you will follow that or you will not be hired or you will not be accepted. Now, here also, as we went back through 44 and everything, we're going through verse 23 and 24 now that says in Ezekiel 44, 30, uh, 23, 24, and they shall teach my people, they being uh, uh, the people that are uh, uh, the people of God, people of Israel, the house of Israel, that has not been lined up now that they are lining up and are lined up as God is perceiving them to be at this point. By this time they have lined themselves up with His rules and regulations and commandments. And He said, They, which being His people, shall teach My people the difference between the holy and profane. Let me tell you something. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. There is a major difference between holy and profane. And let me tell you something. In God's eyes, if something is not holy, it is profane. A little leaven to God makes the whole thing worthless. 
So if it's not holy, it is profane. And we are to teach people the difference between real holiness and the world's idea of holiness, which is profane. Amen? Who teaches them that? We do. How else would they know it? All right. And cause them, by teaching them what's right and wrong, to cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. We help them to discern between good and evil, right and wrong. We teach them so that they can properly discern what is and is not acceptable with God. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, verse 24. And in controversy, they shall stand in judgment. Now listen, we looked at this before. Remember, remember how this, remember how this happened? Remember what this meant? And in controversy, they shall stand in judgment. Who's the they? People of God. The ye, the they, the us. And in controversy, they shall stand in judgment. Okay. What? Okay. And they shall judge it according to my judgment. So, okay. So, Sister Hoffman, help me out. Time to wake up. Okay. Help me out right here. This scripture right here. And in controversy, they shall stand in judgment, and they shall judge it according to my judgment. Who's the judge? Who's, the, who's they? Nope. Sister? Explain it. Okay, here we go. Listen carefully, because we talked about this already just about a week ago. You make sure you hear this so you know it the next time. You've got to understand this. You've got to understand this. And they, being us, shall stand in judgment. That doesn't mean we're fixing to be judged. We will be the judges. Okay, when the people come into the congregation, strangers or whatever they may be when they come into the congregation, the people of God that are in the church will stand as judges and judge what is right and acceptable, what these people are doing. But you're not going to use your judgment. Well, it's okay, my goodness, it's okay. Do anything you want to do. No, he said, in controversy, that means when they come in and say, I don't believe you have to do all that. You and I will stand in judgment of that and say, well, let me tell you what, this the Word of God says this, the Word of God says that. That is in controversy when they don't know what it is that they're supposed to be doing and they're not being taught right. Then we step in and say, well, here, here's what the Word says about it. You're not looking at, well, you know, now I know that it's okay if you... 
it's okay to do that because of this and that. No, you know, I'm not going to be hard on you. No, no, no. He said, no, in controversy, whenever there's a question mark in these people and they don't know which way to go or what to do and they think that this is okay and this is okay and this is not, he said, you will stand in, in judgment. You will judge that. But not with your judgment. They shall judge it according to my judgments. Where's, where do we find that? Word of God. Where's, there's, there's your Bible. Now, so we find His judgments. That's what we judge by. That's why you hear me say the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. So when I stand up here and judge what it is you're doing, it ain't me passing judgment on you. Don't judge me, honey. I ain't judging you. You better hope you hear what I've got to say before one, the one that's my boss comes and talks to you. You ain't going to like that because if he's got to come down here, you're in a heap of trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, in controversy, whenever there's a controversy, and there's been a lot of controversies in this church and through the years, and even in your own minds there's been controversy, and whenever there's been that, I didn't come to you and say, well, just do it, because I said to No, I don't do that. I just said, well, here's what the Bible says about it. I don't judge according to my judgment. I judge according to the Word of God. I use His judgments. That's how I judge, and I can't go wrong like that because it ain't on me. I said, well, I did what you said do. God, I followed your word. It's all yours. And God said, I got it from here. I got it from here. I'll handle it. So, and they shall keep my laws now, and they shall keep my laws, my statutes, and all mine assemblies, and they shall hallow my Sabbaths. So when we do all this, then everybody involved is going to keep his Sabbaths, and they're going to line up, the people that we're teaching are going to line up with everything we're doing. They're going to line up with that word. Amen. Why? Because God said so. That's why. Because His word and His judgments are right and true. And what they do is going to line up with that word, or they will not be allowed to stay in His sanctuary nor in His congregation. They will not enter into the congregation of the Lord. The Bible declares it. So, no, we are not a modern-day church that just allows anybody to waltz in here any kind of way they want to and live any kind of way they want to, and can't we all just get along? Oh, no, Mm-mm, absolutely not. If you're going to come into this church, the church, you're going to come in the same way God said you're coming in. There ain't no other way. There ain't no shadow of turning in God. There ain't going to be no shadow of turning in us. Amen. All right, everybody with me so far? All right, brother, here we go. Let's go to Matthew 22. We're going to be good right here. Boy, I wish we could do one screen and one screen with this thing up here. Sure would be good. Huh? Yeah, I'd like to have this computer on one of them. So we're going to start going down through this as as he's doing this. 
And Jesus answered and spake unto them again. What, which one are you doing here? Yeah, don't disconnect me here. Okay. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain man, a certain king. Uh-oh. Amen. All right. Okay, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. All right, brother. All right, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. What might that be? Come on, somebody. We've talked about this a thousand times. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a king which made a marriage for his son. What is that? No. No. Well, not exactly what the marriage is, but what's the whole scenario there that God said? What's the Spirit saying to the church? All right, let me go a little further. No, 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 wait a minute. You're, you're missing right there. Let me, let me go a little further. You'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. You know this. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Where is he calling them to? Okay, the church. This is where that happens right here. This is the wedding supper right here. This is the wedding. This is where you come to marry Jesus. It ain't heaven where they think it is. It's not where they're supposed... The church is supposed we're going to some big wedding up there. No, no. That, this is not up there. This is here. This is here. This happens here. And they would not come. So what you're trying to tell me is that people are being offered heaven and they would not come. Are you out of your mind what kind of nut came up with that theory? Somebody doesn't understand what the Bible says. So, they were bidden to the wedding. Not the supper. The wedding. You're offered a chance to marry Jesus in heaven, and you wouldn't come. No, you've lost your mind. Even Satan would be glad to go to that one. And they would not come. So let's, let's, let's go further. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Again, there is no one alive that would not be more than happy to go to heaven for a big old feast up there and to marry Jesus and have eternity with bliss and all, everyone alive on this earth, including atheists, would be glad to go to that. That's not about going to heaven for that. 
That's about coming to the church where God has prepared, amen, His table. This is where you come to marry Him in the waters of baptism and you take on His name, amen, and you become the bride of Christ. That's what makes you the church. That's what brings you into the church, becoming the bride. Not the bride-to-be, but the bride, the married wife. Just like the Bible says, and I will show you the bride. And just like it said, when uh, uh, we're in the same vine, Jesus is the vine, I am the vine, you are the branches, remember that... In order to be grafted into that vine, praise God, you become a part of Him. That's an intimate connection with God. And in order for that to happen, praise God, there has to be a cutting of the covenant and the blood of Jesus Christ is the consummation of that marriage. You take on His name and you're grafted into the same vine Israel was grafted into when He told them that I was in husband unto thee. He was... The husband of Israel. Israel was the married wife, as he said in, in, in Isaiah 54. More of the children of the desolate than of the married wife. Israel was the married wife. Amen. And the married wife, praise God, he gave them a writ of divorcement, the Bible says. They were married. Amen. If you are going to be in covenant with Jesus, it is a marriage covenant. You are the bride, not the bride-to-be. You come to this church where his dinner is prepared, where he has prepared a message, a supper, praise God. He's prepared the message when he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Praise God. Before you're going to marry him, before you take on the name of Jesus in baptism, and specifically in the name of Jesus Christ, as it tells you this is how you need to come in, this is how you become saved and all these things, be baptized, repent, I means stop, turn back, go the other way, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Acts 2, 38 and 39. Amen. Now, that's the plan of salvation, folks. Now, come unto the marriage. This is where you marry him right here. You learn how what I just told you. You learn it in the Word of God. You learn about Him. You learn what's required. You learn just like we've been talking all along about this thing. You learn, amen, what is acceptable, what is not, what is required, what is absolutely mandatory. Amen. You learn the difference between the holy and profane. You learn uh, 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 how, to, uh, uh, how to conduct yourself in the house of the Lord, the things that are absolutely a deal breaker, the things that are absolutely not acceptable in the house of the Lord, and the things that... It must be done. The commandments of God, the rules, the regulations, the ordinances of the house. You show the house to the house of God's people. Amen. Now, okay. But they made light of it. How many times have you seen that happen when you invited somebody to church? This is inviting people to church, folks. This is what this is talking about. Because it's real. And went their way. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. You telling me somebody chose a farm over going to heaven? You've lost your ever-loving mind. You're out of your mind if it's what you think. These, these preachers are idiots. They're not being led of God. They're being led of their dollar signs. 
They're being, led by the, they're being led by the masses. They're being led by the same people that's fixing to try to take over the White House. Idiots. Complete imbeciles. He said, let him that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto who? The world? No, the, world, the, the Word of God is not for the world. The Word of God is for the church. The real church, not these Mickey Mouse multi-billion dollar organizations. That ain't the church, honey. The church is the people that are, or, that are lined up with that word and that are married and called by his name. If my people, which are called by my name, you're called by his name when you take on his name. My wife's sitting right over there. That's Mrs. Travis V. Hoffman. That's my wife. She's called by my name, Adam and Eve. And he called their name Adam because she was his bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, and she was by his name. Praise God. Look it up in the Bible. It's in there. But they made light of it and went their way, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. You know what? Look at what the, look at what the people of the world are doing to the people of God now. Oh, it ain't even begun yet. It ain't even begun yet. It's going to get ugly, ugly, ugly. They hate everything. Notice the hatred that's going forth right now. I saw people talking about it just the other day. That even talking about Jesus and things like that, it just sets people off now. They just start going nuts. Why? Because there's a spirit going through the land sent by God. That spirit said, they shall turn away their ears from the truth, shall be turned unto fables. They shall believe a lie and be damned because they had not a love for the truth. Oh, yeah, there's a spirit going through the land. You better believe it. it's lining up perfectly with the Word of God. God told about everything going on and everything that will go on. It's in the book, praise God. Not these Mickey Mouse books they're writing. It's in the King James Version, 1611 King James Version Bible. If you can't understand it, it's because you're standing outside of the church. You need an anointed and appointed Holy Ghost-filled man of God to teach you these things, and you will know what the Spirit saith unto the church. But if you want to try to go around him, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it because he's not going to give it to you. You're going to have to go his way or no way, period. God has a, 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 an order of things. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their cities. Can you say amen? Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Uh-oh. Well, what, my goodness, does he mean? They which were bidden are not worthy. They were not worthy. My goodness, who could he be talking about? He's talking about those that are not willing. They're not hungry. They're not hungry. They're not thirsting after righteousness. They're not hungry and thirsting after righteousness, which is everything that God declares is right according to his word. That's righteousness. The word of God is is the path of righteousness. Whatsoever he declares is right, that is his righteousness. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready. The church is here. I've made a way that they can get in covenant with me. It's ready. It's ready, Brother Victor. But they which were bidden, they're not worthy. Remember what it said, whatsoever town you enter into, See who's worthy. 
See who in it is worthy. And there abide until you go, until you go forth. What does it mean? Those that are hungering and thirsting. Those that want what he has. God's not going to try to convince you to serve him. God's not going to sit there and beg you to serve him. He's giving you a chance to get out of hell. He's giving you a chance to, to make right what you've had wrong all this time. But he's not going to beg you to do it. He's provided the water. He ain't going to beg you to drink it. If you don't want it, go your way. God ain't hard up for people to serve him. Now, go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. Do you think that, that God is truly going to allow you to go and just go out here to the strip clubs and the highways and the byways and the bars and the, and the dope houses and just say, hey, man, come on with me. Let's go to heaven. Let's go on up to heaven and, and feast with Jesus for eternity. Do you really believe? Because if, that's, if what, the, what the churches are preaching nowadays is, is truth and this is all about heaven, you tell me how this can possibly how this can possibly happen? How that you just go any, go get anybody, A to Z, and bring them up into the holiest of the holies, into heaven, without any training, without any, without any vetting, without any uh, 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 judgment in their life, without anything. You just just go up there. God's ready to accept anybody into heaven, and to become his wife or, or I mean, to become the bride in heaven. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No. If you are not married to Jesus and living a holy, separated life, following that word to the letter, verse, chapter, and line, not following it 100% completely, you will never see the inside of heaven, period, because that is for the saints of God. As many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. Tell them, hey, listen, you at the bar, you in the clubs, you at this, you at that. Come to the house of God. Come to church. God will take you just like you are. And let me tell you something. You can make changes and God, God's not a respecter person. It don't matter where you came from. And I used to tell them this in the prisons. I said, look, God ain't interested in what you did yesterday, last month, last year, last week, last year. God ain't interested in all that. What he's is, and I'm not here to tell you about what you did last uh, yesterday, last week, last month, last year. I'm here to tell you about what you can do. And I'm here to tell you about what you can do next week, next month, next year. God's not concerned with what you did. God's concerned with where you're headed, not where you've been. Where you've been don't matter. What matters is what you're going to do with the rest of your life starting right now today. God can forgive you of everything you've ever done and you can put all that mess behind you and you can start living a life separated unto God today and you can find your way into eternity with Him. Praise God. And you can start feasting at His table today. And you can feast at His table all the days of your life. That's what you do when you come here. You're feasting at the Master's table all the days of your life. So those servants went out of the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. Okay? You with me so far? Was furnished with guests. Where are those guests? 
Huh? Bad and good. They were brought in. And the wedding was furnished with guests. Okay? That word guest is talking about everybody that's come into the church. Okay, now. And when the king came in to see the guests, listen carefully. He saw there a man which had not on a, a what? What, pray tell, might be a wedding garment? This means that he was sitting at the table, but he wasn't ready for marriage. He didn't want the rules and regulations. He didn't want to marry. He came to just socialize. He came to the social club. Because this is where everybody's hanging out. Oh, is everybody going to, oh, man, I'm going to go. I want to go. I just want to go be part of something. But he said, no, you ain't here to be a part of something. You're here to get married. He came across a man that didn't have on his wedding garment. In other words, he didn't have that teachable spirit, that teachable heart. He didn't have, he didn't have the desire to go all the way. You know what he wanted? He wanted the milk for free. He didn't want to buy the cow. Get the idea? He didn't want to put a ring on anything. He just wanted to play. God don't play, folks. Here's the God I serve right here. Here's what God said. He had not on a wedding garment. Amen. My goodness, let's uh, let's go over here and take a look, shall we? Had on, not on a wedding garment, apparel, clothing, garment, raiment, uh, affinity, nuptials, marriage, wedding. Okay, now. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. He said, what are you doing in here? If, if you're not in here to change your life, if you're not here to marry me, if you're not in here to take my yoke upon you, if you're not here to go through with what my word tells you you must do to be a part of this, what the heck are you doing in here? This ain't no social club. This is a private club. How did you get in here? This is a private club. Now, I, I told my, I told my messengers to go out there and, and I would accept anybody into my club as long as they were willing to follow the rules. As long as they were willing to pay their dues, they could come in here and be a part of this club, be a part of this congregation, my congregation. But if you're not willing to pay the dues, you can't be a part of this. What are you doing here? And he was speechless. So, let's go take a look here. 
So those servants, a slave or qualified sense of subjection or bond man or bond servant, went out into the highways and gathered together all his means, found both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. Okay. Came, came in to see the guest and saw the, a man. Okay, which had not on a wedding garment. He had said in the friend, well, I came and said, okay, let me look at something here. Okay. All right, in verse 12. How came and started in here? They have not on a wedding garment. And he was speechless. Let's see here. Where is that word at? Okay. Servants. The king said unto the servants. Okay, here we go. Here we are. All right, here we go. The king said to the servants. Who is this right here? Especially, especially a Christian teacher and pastor. A deacon or deaconess, deacon, minister, servant. So this is what he said to the servant. Okay? The pastor is what we're looking at here. He said unto the pastor, Bind him hand and foot. Take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, let me tell you something. When they come into this church, I welcome them in here. You've never seen me not welcoming to people coming in this church unless they come in with shorts on. You're not coming in the house of God with shorts on. I don't care who you are. You're not coming in here like that. This is the house of God. It's a holy place. You're not coming in here. This ain't no beach club. This ain't no surf club. This ain't no social club. You're coming in here, and you're going to wear the very best things that you have to offer. Not because God requires it, because He's worthy of it. And if you don't have a servant's heart, and you, ain't, and you don't think in those terms, you've got some work to do. You don't come up in here dressed like you're... Listen, if you would put more on to see the king uh, of another country, or put something on, and put your best stuff on to go see the Queen of England, dear God, how much more should you put on uh, uh, the best you've got to see the King of Kings and the Lord of every Lord? Dear God, what's wrong with the people of this land today? Now, so, when they come in here, I welcome them. But if they come in here and they try to set up shop in here, they don't want to line up with the Word, and they want to bring me this nonsense, I don't believe you have to do all that and all that kind of stuff, out. I'll cast you out of here, and you're not coming back. And I've done it, and will continue to do it. Amen. You're going to line up with my king's rules because this is his place, this is his deal. This ain't my deal. This is his deal. And I'm a servant. Amen. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let me tell you something. I really feel for the people that have left this church. Don't you know what's going to be on their mind when they stand before Jesus in judgment? Don't you know that feeling that they're going to have when it's all over, and they hated on me without a cause. Because to hate me, friends, is to hate my king. He said, whatsoever you've done, at least of these, my brother, you've done also unto me. They ain't nobody hates me just to hate me. They hate me because they hate Jesus. They don't even realize it. They think they're just hating me. They'll tell themselves they love Jesus, but they hate me. There's a lot of people that come in here and love everybody in the church but me. But in actuality, what they're doing is they're loving everybody else in the church but Jesus. Because I am the mouthpiece of God. 
in this building. I preach it exactly like he wrote it. Do you believe that? For many are called, but few chosen. Well, there's a whole bunch of them is called, folks. But very few are worthy. Everybody's called. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. But once he tests them, they ain't worthy. They're not hungry. They don't need to be fed. They're sufficient in and of their self. They're happy with what they have. They're happy with everything else around them. They're happy being fed with what's, what they're used to eating, which is whatever they want. They're happy. They're happy with the status quo. They're happy with their life now. They're not concerned about the life to come. All they got to do is just deny that it's real, and it'll go away. You know, kind of like Biden and them are doing right now. Just let it go. Just let it go. Y'all are the bunch of heathens that are sitting there uh, 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 dragging this out when you know he won by a landslide. Many are called, but few are chosen. Yeah, I want to give it up now. I'm going to just X out of this, right? All right, there you go. That's right. They want it as long as it doesn't cause any change, as long as there's no discomfort whatsoever. Church. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we will, we will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our approach. So, but, and we talked about that this morning. See, church, listen, you have to understand something. I want you to clearly understand this. There is not anything in the Word of God about the church being comfortable. Nothing. Quite the opposite. The church of the living God is to be one of the most uncomfortable places you ever come to in your life. Amen. Because it is the agitation that brings forth the pearl. Amen. It is the, it is the judgment of God, the sharpness of that sword. It is the absolute sharpness of that word, praise God, that causes the world to leave you and causes you to pay closer attention. Amen. Let me tell you something. There's no way you can quite describe to a child sufficiently that a stove is hot. They're going to have to burn themselves. And then once they do, a lesson hard learned is well learned. And it's the same way with the Word of God. It's not made to be a place of comfort. Come on in here and curl up like a little old hound dog in front of the campfire and let's sing Kumbaya and eat s'mores. No, that's not what the way it is. They come in here, shape up or ship out. Come in here and get yourself right, get ready, and get to work. Praise God. This is a job. Man, this is not only a job, it's an adventure. Praise God. You come in here, you get ready, you change what you're doing, you line it up with that Word right there, praise God, and you watch every step you take because it's filled with 
with, with roadblocks. It's filled with stumbling blocks. It's filled with snakes. It's filled with wickedness. This world is a, is a, is a landmine. It's a field full of landmines. It's deadly. You have to walk very carefully on this road, life's road below here. Amen. Because church, you only get one shot at this man. One chance. When you stand before God, you're either going to be ready or you're not going to be ready. And there ain't no come back and do it over. There ain't no, you missed it by that much. Let me tell you, you don't want to miss this by a millionth. Because missed it is missed it. You're not going to stand there and plead with God and say, Oh, no, no, wait, you've got it wrong. Uh, look over here. Maybe look again and see if I, my name's there. No. You're not going to plead your case. There ain't no, There is no loopholes. There is no red tape. And there is no appeals court. There is no wickedness in God's court system. It is completely righteousness or wickedness. You are either going to be in 100% or you are going to be out 100%. I cannot tell you how many multi-millions upon millions of people that think they're in and they will never see the inside of heaven. Never. But to ask them today, they would sell everything. They would give everything they've got, being completely convinced that they have it made. And they are not even close. Can you imagine what that's going to feel like? It's because they took some man's word who they looked and saw that was very successful, and certainly that must be a man of God because that's the favor of God. Oh, no, it's not. No, no, the favor of God is what was on Elijah who had nothing to eat, who had nothing but power of God, who walked everywhere he went, who had nothing to eat or drink, so God told him to go lay down by the brook Cherith. And the ravens brought him meat and fed him, laying in a desert. Then he had to go 40 days and nights without food or water while he walked to Zarephath. There are no rich people out of the servants of God, these people were not rich. Solomon was rich. Look what happened to Solomon. Yes. Yes. Covered in gold. And men wouldn't even touch the ground, much less filthy, wicked sinners. I mean, dear God. No. The people suppose that gain is godliness. From such, turn away. Couldn't be further from the truth. Gain is not godliness. Let me tell you what godliness is. And we're going to be looking at this soon. Well, say soon, hopefully soon. Godliness is trust in God. 
for your next meal. Godliness is trusting God for your next drink of water. That's where God's taking his people to because if we don't get to that place and get there soon, you ain't going to make it. Because as long as you're still dependent on you or this world to supply your needs and desires and the things that you have to have, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Because you're going to have to get to the place where you absolutely throw it, your, throw it all in. You say, you know what? I trust you, God. They say, hey, I'm not going to look. I ain't going to look. I trust you. My trust is in the Lord. Not in my job. Not in this, not in this world. Not in all the things that this I can do. I'm going to do what I can do. But I'm not trusting in my job. I'm not trusting in anything. I'm trusting in God. And uh, I'm trusting in His Word. And... Uh, the only thing I'm going to do is stay a hold of him in the church. The kingdom of God, that's all I'm concerned with. Put the kingdom of God first and everything else will be added unto us. That don't mean it's going to come by your job. That don't mean it's going to come by any sort of by anything of the sort. As long as he does it, so be it. If he stops doing it, so be it. Amen? Praise God. Now, When people hire you, most places hire you in a probationary position. You're on probation, usually for 90 days. What's that about? Well, they want to know if you're going to work out. Huh? Yeah, see if you got what it takes, see if this is the right job for you, see if you're willing to go all the way, see if you're willing to go all in, and see if this is a place that, you're, that you truly want. He said, take my yoke upon you, learn of me. There's the probationary period. If you think that you're going to come in here, everything's going to be hunky-dory, hey, let me tell you something, there's a lot of people stayed in here for a long time. But finally, the devil found their price. He offered them that price, and out they went. Well, that's praise God for that. Remember what we studied about the Lord separating the people of God. I mean, he separated the people from the congregation. He said, I did this so that you would know. If they were of us, they would still be with us. But they were not of us. And this happened so that they would be made manifest, those that are not with us. Because if they were for us, if they were of us, they would still be with us. But they were not of us, therefore they are not with us. Remember that? See how the Word of God covers everything. This is all covered. It's not like I'm trying to come up with some theory and force some kind of theory on somebody. It's the absolute crystal clear Word of God, and it bears witness with itself from A to Z and everything in between, up and down, right and left, around about. Praise God. I mean, come on, church. You can't refute this stuff. You can't refute this. There ought to be people in here. Nick ought to have his butt in his house and he would learn stuff he'd never seen before. You cannot refute this. He's just never heard it preached. These are things that would take his whole life in another direction. His whole way of thinking would change. So would many, many other people if they would just come and see all they're missing. Dear God, how much. Look at all they have missed. Did you see all this stuff? How much did we miss, church? 
how much, how far off were we? I mean, come on, man. And now, how crystal clear are the things that you have learned? There are millions of things we haven't learned, probably never will. But let me tell you, the things you have learned, do you know them? Have you learned them? Do you, re- I mean, do you truly believe? How can you not? How can you not? It's so crystal clear. It's beautiful to me. I mean, some of it's hard, but it's beautiful. How? I mean, I look at this and I think to myself, God, are you kidding me? This little podunk place? This few little people, a handful of people, and you chose to put your name here? And you chose to open our understanding and put this kind of wisdom into this small group of people when there are so many people out there with so much more. Millions and millions of dollars. Beautiful, beautiful buildings. Just knock your eyes out, beautiful. Sound system costs more than this entire place. Land and all. I mean, some of these churches got a million dollars tied up in just sound system. Maybe five million. Some of these big buildings. I guarantee you, Joel Osteen's church out there, they got $10 million tied up in sound system and all the lights and stuff they got in there. That's some high-dollar stuff, buddy. But you know, God chose this place. God chose this place. He chose us. Who else has this? Are you kidding me? Who else has this? I don't know anyone. How? How can that be? How can that be? It's almost mind-boggling, isn't it? Blows my mind. I mean, it truly blows my mind. Me? Are you kidding me, God? I mean, me? That's right. All he needs is those that are willing to say, Yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord. Are you willing? I'm willing. Whom shall we send? Here, my Lord, send me. Are you willing? Yes. You willing to do what I said do and not your own agenda? You willing? You take me to have in the hole? Sickness and in health? For rich or for poor? Huh? For better or for worse? Till death do us part? Huh? You willing to do it my way? Are you willing to be the bride and let me be the groom? You willing to love, honor, and obey? Yes, Lord. It's going to be hard. Yay, I know. Are you sure? Because listen, I don't want you to get in something you don't want to be in. If you don't want me, I don't want you here. No, God, I'm willing. You better be sure. I'm sure. That's me. That's me. 
when I tell the people, I never just rush somebody to the waters of baptism. I make certain they understand. Do you understand what he's fixing to do right here? Because <laughs> don't be playing. Because God ain't playing. You better take it serious because I promise you he's taking it very serious, deadly serious. This is the difference between life and death, heaven or hell. See, I want you to go in with your eyes wide open. And I believe, I believe I can honestly say to every one of you in, this, in the sound of my voice right now that I've never tried to mislead you. I've never tried to, to soften things up for you. I've, if anything, I've tried to make them as hard, if not sharper. Amen. So that when you made that decision to do something, you made an educated decision to do it. You made a decision knowing what you were getting into. So you could never say, well, I didn't really realize. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you understood. I don't want you in there. If you don't want to be here, I don't want you here either. I've had people through the years sit in here under duress. They didn't want to be here. They're just sitting here because they're being forced to by a wife or whatever. I don't want that to happen. I want you to be here because you want to be here. God does too because he don't want you here the same way. If you don't want to be here, guess who knows it? Even if you can get it past me and I can't see it, I can tell you God can see it. You ain't hiding nothing from God. If you're sitting there not wanting to be here, saying, I really don't want to hear all this, God's saying, okay. See, that's where, you, that's where the real problem lies because God sees everything. He's, he looks upon the heart. He knows what's in your mind. If you don't want to be here and you don't want to be a part of here, then you're absolutely wasting your time being here because you're not getting anything from it. You see? So... I praise God. I praise God for this message. I praise God for His Word. You know, we've had some good Word from the Lord in the past six months. Even through all this mess we've been going through, we've had some good words from God. Amen. Well, he has opened our eyes to so many things that we've looked at before and passed right over it. He's opened our eyes and understanding to so many things and just opening it more and more all the time, isn't He? Amen. The messages that I think, and I see it on the wall in there too, some of the messages. Man, you end up being six, eight parts. And people say, my dear God, how in the world can you listen to something that long? Well, you know what? Look, man, don't listen to it. You don't listen to it, go what? Nobody twisting your arm, man, trying to break your arm to get you to listen to something. You don't want to hear it? Get out. You know, go what? Go listen to Joe Osteen. You know, maybe maybe you can get some of his money. I'm sure he'll probably be glad to give you some of his money. Go ask him. Hey, can I, can I hey, drop, a, drop a meal on me, baby? Come on, you know. Let me hold 10000 for you. you know, drop a hundred k on me, man. Come on. You know you can do it. Come on, Joe J. Come on, J.J. Yo, Joe, come on. Help a brother out. Call him up on the phone. He'll answer it, right? Call Joel Osteen. He'll surely talk to you being your pastor and all, right? Go call old JoJo up. See if he'll answer you on the phone. Uh-huh. See how long it takes his machine to get back to you. 400 people between you and him and always will be. Unless you're famous or something. Unless you're some famous, worthless, scumbag rap singer. P. Diddy, huh? Probably did. Yep. Yep.
<laughs> Whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That's because you're in a place where God dwells, the author of the book. There is no other word. This is the word of God. There is none other. People have learned theory. And that's all they use is theory. No. I, as well. There ain't nothing out there. That's right. That's right. Well, you're so far ahead of them. So far. So much deeper. So much deeper. All they come with is unrightly divided word. Not rightly divided. And that's what they teach everybody else. Hey, I give what God gives me to give. There is no other message. There is no other method. It must be taught like he wrote it. When I teach you this word, I'm teaching you just like he wrote it. I put the emphasis where he puts emphasis, and I take the emphasis off where he does not have emphasis. There is no smoothness nor rounding of edges in this church. Never will be as long as I'm living. And there won't be after I'm gone either if the Lord takes me. It ain't going to never be. There will never be a smooth message over this pulpit. Not ever in this life. I will have this church burned to the ground before that will ever take place. There will never be a smooth message preached from this pulpit. Ever. Not ever. Smoothness does not win souls. Smoothness pacifies people. And it lulls them to sleep. That's not a palm leaf in your hand. That is a sharp sword. Well, you've got to have balance. No, you don't. You've got to have Bible. Show me the Bible. He said, some have, some have compassion making a difference. Well, you know what? I've had compassion many times. But there's only one thing I've found that's effective. And that's fear. Others saved with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Pulling them out of the fire. 
There's only one right. See, I don't care if other churches have a word or whatever. If you're not preaching what I'm preaching, keep it to yourself. I want nothing to do with it. Because if there's leaven in your lump, the whole lump is garbage. It's garbage. I don't want nothing to do with it. Neither does God. I got Bible for that. Anybody got Bible for their theories? No. No, I'm right. I'm right. Yet, people like to listen to other preachers and things like that. Listen to them. Go get with them. Make your choice. Because you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God in the world. And if they're not preaching what I'm preaching, they're the world. They are the world. If they got a little of the world in them, they are the world. You've got to follow this word. That word. If somebody allows another Bible inside their building, I want nothing to do with them. Period. If they're allowing other Bibles in their pulpit, I want nothing to do with them. Period. You cannot preach what I'm preaching with any other Bible than this. There is not any way I could have ever taught you the things I've taught you in any other book than this particular specific book. No one, not even a new King James. No way. Because changing one jot or tittle, one word, one verse, one chapter, one line, changes the whole thing. It takes the absolute edge off that sword and it turns it into a palm leaf. You know as well as I do, no matter how much you like or don't like it, you know what's caused change in your life. It ain't the sweetness. It's that sword. It's that edge that's caused change to come forth in your life. And what happens is, after a little while, it starts getting good to you. It'll start getting good to you. You start wanting it that way. I... And God knows, my, God knows my heart. And I'm telling you just the truth right before God. I have always wanted it as hard as it can be. Give me that word hard as it can come. I want preachers to preach the paint off the wall, son. When I was in an assembly of God church, we had a guy named Brother Kemp. Come through there, boy, son. I mean, he, he was part of the church, member of the church. You would never put a microphone in that man's hand. He had a loud, bold voice, and it was deep. And he'd say something, boy. I mean, I can't even get that loud. Five times louder than that. Blow you plumb out of the building, boy. But I love to hear that man preach. Because he was preaching the power of that word, praise God. I love that. I love that. But you take one of these little faggots standing in a pulpit. Well, now, my goodness. Isn't Jesus special? He's just so special.
And the Lord said in the beginning, there was light, and the, the Lord said, and Yeah, that guy's still on TV somewhere, probably. Sitting down. Sitting down. Sitting down. Yeah. Well, let me let me just put it to you like this. How many of you? What's that billionaire preacher now? What's his name? The guy, Copeland. How many of you like Copeland? Y'all like him? Anybody like him? I've heard him preach some truth. I've heard him preach some truth through the years. You don't like him? What do you mean? You don't want to accept him because he said a true word or two? You don't like him? You wouldn't want to see him come to this church and preach? You think I'd want to sit down with a man and have coffee? No, because you ain't going to teach them nothing. They're going to come try to teach me something. I am teachable. But not from those people I'm not. I don't care if you've got a right word or two. It's the other 9,827 million that you got wrong, honey, that I'm looking at. You know, the same thing God is looking at. I got no use for them. If they want to change their ways, if they want to learn something, I'd be glad to come teach them something. And I'd be glad to come teach their church some things. But I got no time for them. I'm not trying to be their friend, and they're not going to be my friend. As long as you're teaching against this word, you're an enemy of my king. I can't hold with that. I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care how popular you are. There ain't none of these preachers around here as popular as Joel Osteen. He's the most popular preacher on earth. Him and that Chinese guy from across the world over. Yeah, you ain't going to never have the kind of money they got and popularity they got. They're love. Try, go to try to talk something. Talk smack about them to the people that follow them. And let me tell you something. Joel Osteen, he has got to be a really nice fella. He's got to be the greatest motivational speaker that's ever lived on this earth. But let me tell you something. I would not allow that man to step in my building. Even if he came in here with a check for $100 million, I'd tell him, keep your money. I don't want your money. Keep your money and get out of my building. Because I'm not going to let some stranger in the congregation, in God's congregation. This is his congregation, and he's very specific who he lets in and out of his building. I don't care what you're called, what you call yourself. I don't care how you see it, how you slice it. That's what the entire message that I'm talking about has been about from beginning to now, and we're halfway through. That's what it's specifically about. It does not matter how you see it how we see it. What matters is what God said about it. Well, this church has been there for years. I don't care what has been there. Solomon was a great man when he started, but he was an abomination when he finished. Doesn't matter how you start, church. 
Doesn't matter how you run. What matters is how you finish. Do you think God was concerned? Do you think God was concerned with Solomon's wisdom at the end of his life? Do you think God was going to listen to any of Solomon's wisdom at the end of his life? Oh, absolutely not. All that wisdom went out the door and was worthless. Was worthless in the eyes of God because he went, he went his own way. That's right. When you are serving other gods, you are no longer in covenant with God. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how you want to try to present it to yourself or to anybody else. If you're not doing what I'm doing and following the Lord and serving God and serving God through this word right here, if you're not serving Him, you're not in covenant with Him. And if you're not in covenant with Him, you're headed for hell. I don't care how good you seem to be, how long you've been in it, whether you're 10th or 12th or 50th generation UPC or, or Pentecostal. I don't care garbage to me. I don't care what you call yourself. What matters, what's God calling you? What's God calling you? You can't save yourself. Who do you think you are? You ain't saving yourself. Nor anybody else you coming with anything but that right there, buddy. Get the Bible out. Let's talk. Get the Bible out. Come on. Come on. I dare you to come see me. I dare you to come see me. Bring all your people with you too. I'll mow you out, man, like a dog. You better believe I will. With the power of the Holy Ghost too, buddy. I'll melt them down, son. Right in this church. Right now. Anytime. Bring them on. You better pack your lunch, buddy. I'm going to smoke you like a cigar. I do have the Holy Ghost. I do have the authority of God Almighty. Don't you let the size of this church fool you. Don't you let my bank account fool you. I may be poor. Oh, but I'm rich. Oh, my daddy's rich, buddy. And I'm going to tell you what I got. It's right. One hundred percent. Now, I'm, I don't have a, like I said, there's millions of things in that word. I'll never know. It's not enough time. I mean, I can't even imagine the depth of that word. Could you? Look how deep we've gone. Look how long it's took us to get deep as we have in the little small portion we've looked at. Can you imagine the, the true depth of that word and how many, how many millennia? You could learn something new in this thing all the time and never get to the bottom of it all. Could you imagine it? Because he's, it's a living word. I mean, it's just so, there's no depth, there's no end to the depth of it. Infinite, exactly. But praise God, what I do have, and even what I do have, though it's right, there's even much more depth to it than we're going. How many times have we gone over Scripture and then all of a sudden there's more to it and then we go even deeper and then we come back to it later and we go even deeper and then we come from another part of the Bible and we come back to it and we go even deeper. Go figure. How could you ever get to the bottom of that? How many lifetimes would it take? These churches have made adjustments. Sometimes out of complacency. Sometimes out of laziness. Sometimes out of desper desperation. Sometimes they're desperate because they have no way to keep the people they have unless they appease them. Unless they change a little bit, unless they adapt a little bit. You know how many times I've told, been told in this church through the years? Well, you know, if you weren't so hard, 
Man, if you were just a little smoother. If you were just a little easier. Well, let me tell you what. If I was a little smoother, you'd be in hell one day. If I was a little easier, you'd be in hell one day. If I was a little nicer, kinder, oh, we'd have a much bigger building. I'd have a whole lot more money. Things would be a whole lot easier for me on this earth. I promise you that. You can't even wrap your mind around the difficulties I go through sometimes and still am even right now. But let me tell you something. I'm not for sale. You ain't going to buy me. I'm not for sale. I can't sell something I don't own. I don't belong to me. I belong to Jesus. He's the master. And I'm his servant. All I am is a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. And if you think the Holy Ghost don't have anger, where do you think we got it from? We were made in the similitude of God. There ain't never been anybody has a temper like God. Certainly never been anybody can do as much as he can do with that temper. It's filled. The Bible's filled with his temper. Let me tell you, if you look in that Bible and study it from cover to cover, the things you're going to remember in that Bible more than anything is not the smoothing and the sweetness and the kindness and the love. It's going to be his temper. It's going to be his fire. It's going to be his indignation. It's going to be the sharpness of that sword that you remember. And the things that you're going to remember most when you stand before God in judgment and you think back on me when you see yourself standing before God and when you see the Lord smile at you, God's going to bring back to you remembrance, this mean old boy right here. God's going to bring back to you remembrance that, hey, praise God, you ought to thank God, you ought to thank me for your servant, for my servant that, that I allowed to minister to you. Because right here where you were fixing to do this, I was getting ready to kill you. But you made the right choice. Right here where you was getting ready to do this, I was going to kill you. But you made the right choice. I believe God is going to show His people how they made it. I want to make it home, folks. I know how serious this is. As we've seen, all the things that's required, not, not all the things, just a very few, but how that God said the things that's not acceptable? Who's teaching that? Is it not there? Does it not apply because we're different now? Isn't he a God that changes not? Isn't he the same today, yesterday, and forever? Folks, we don't have a choice. We have to follow the rules. I didn't write it. I didn't set the rules. God sets the rules. I'm just a mouthpiece, man. The things that I jump and shout about in this Word, the things that I preach 
that I preach hard. Do you think Jesus preached them sweet and soft? Just because preachers over other pulpits change the words or even dummy it down or sweeten it up or smooth it down and smooth the edges around, do you believe that's how Jesus meant it? When he's sitting there talking about cutting people asunder, do you think he said that? Well, I'm going to cut you asunder. It's going to come now if you don't line up right. Well, I'm going to come in and cut you in pieces. I'm just going to cut you asunder. You know, you're going to be hewn down and cast into the lake of fire. And my goodness, we'll put just a little old lake of fire right over here. And let's just put a friendly little Satan over here with his pitchfork. And Well, you can just put him wherever you want to. My goodness, might we put a little friendly demon over here and well, let's put a little, let's put a little witchy poo attitude over here. Do you really believe that's how Jesus meant this to be? Don't you think there's enough of that garbage in the land? I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. Let me tell you who I stand with. I stand with the people of God. I love my sister, but I do not spend time with her because she's not of God. We have nothing to talk about. I love my brother-in-law. He's a good man, but I don't spend time with him because he's not a God. I spend my time with the church. Other than that, work. That's it. I have no desire to spend my time with anybody else. Now, if somebody wants to know about the Lord, I'll be glad to teach them and tell them. Whatever I, whatever I can help them with, I'll be glad to help them. If somebody wants to learn something, praise God. Then I'll be glad to teach them. But I believe it's been very clear throughout the Word of God for thousands of years that God's people are to be separated. And they're not to fellowship with people that were once with God but now are not. Why? So that they may learn to be ashamed. We talked about that earlier today. And as long as, you, as, long as you're down with them and you're just, you know, not any, any thorn to, to them or anything like that, well, then they're just, just, they're, they just go right along doing what they want to do. There is nobody. Who's going to make them feel ashamed? The people they're running with that are following the same mess they're following? No. We are to stand out. And they're to know. When they say, well, why don't you, you, know, why don't you hang out with me? Well, because we're on two separate tracks. You believe this way and I believe this way. Well, why do you believe that way? I'm glad you asked. Here's 14,000 reasons. Here's 14,000 scriptures why I believe what I believe and why I do what I do. Here's the reasons I don't do what you're doing. Here's the reason. You know what I'm doing? I would even tell some of them, you know what I'm doing? is what you used to do. What you throwed out the window for money. What you throwed out the window to fill those seats and make yourself look good. 